Hello and welcome to episode 591 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Friday, July 14th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the Friday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain love towards her and Jesus Christ by St. Alphonsus Liguri. O Mary, I already know that thou art the most noble, the most sublime, the most pure, the most beautiful, the most benign, the most holy, in a word, the most amiable of all creatures. O that all knew thee, my lady, and loved thee as thou dost merit. But I am consoled when I remember that in heaven and on earth there are so many happy souls who live enamored of thy goodness and beauty. Above all, I rejoice that God himself loves thee alone more than he loves all men and angels together. My most amiable queen, I am a miserable sinner. Love thee also. But I love thee too little. I desire a greater and more tender love towards thee. And this thou must obtain for me, since to love thee is a great mark of predestination and a grace which God only grants to those whom he will save. I see also, my mother, that I am indeed under great obligations to thy son. I see that he merits infinite love. <laughs> thou who desirest nothing else but to see him loved hast to obtain me this grace above all others obtain me great love for jesus christ thou obtainest all that thou willest from god ah then be graciously pleased to obtain me the grace to be so united to the divine will that i may never more be separated from it i do not ask of thee earthly goods honors or riches i ask thee for that which thy heart desires most for me i wish to love my god is it possible that thou refusest to second this my desire, which is so pleasing to thee? Ah, no, thou already helpest me. Already thou prayest for me. Pray, pray, and cease not to pray until thou seest me safe in heaven, beyond the possibility of evermore losing my Lord and certain to love him forever together with thee, my dearest mother. We're continuing, friends, to check out a few brief pieces that Dr. Taylor Marshall wrote about converting from Protestantism to Catholicism back in 2012 and published at his website, taylormarshall.com. thought it might be instructive for any of you who are considering the Catholic faith, especially those of you who may be moving from the heresy of Protestantism to the one true faith, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. This is entitled... Salvation Pinball and the Devotional Life of Catholics, Part 4 of Becoming Catholic, and it was initially published on Monday, May 7th, 2012. Last week, we examined difficulties that Catholic converts experience in the context of family life. Today, we look at how your devotional life might change when you become a Catholic. What would change? For a Protestant looking in from the outside, it might appear that Catholics are mechanical about their devotional life. I remember seeing Catholicism as a giant machine with handles and levers. Catholics scurried around it, pulling levers and pulling knobs, hoping that grace would come out. As a Protestant, I thought that being a good Catholic was like working a soft-serve ice cream machine or a soda fountain. If you learned how to use the system, you can get grace and hopefully earn salvation. More accurately, I suspected that the Catholic salvation was more like a pinball machine. 
the ball was grace, and Catholics were constantly mashing the buttons to keep the flippers moving and the ball in play. However, all pinball players know that eventually the ball gets past you and your game is over. How could Catholics honestly believe that human effort could keep the ball in play for decades and decades of human life? Why can't they just trust in the finished work of Christ and relax? So now that I'm Catholic, am I playing Salvation Pinball? I don't think so. Salvation only appears mechanistic to Protestants because they haven't experienced it. For example, the sacrament of penance is not at all like getting your time card punched. There is a real human being behind that screen. He asks questions. He challenges you. He loves Christ. You love Christ. You're both praying that you will grow in Christ. It's extremely intimate and the opposite of mechanical. Take the Holy Mass. Most Protestants are not familiar with liturgical worship. What they see seems robotic, but when you know it, it's like an elegant waltz. You can even do it with your eyes closed. If you don't know how to waltz and you've never seen it, one might look at people waltzing and say, this is so hard and those people are slaves to this music. How could they be enjoying this? Yet the couple might be having the dance of their lives. The formal aspect makes it all the more intimate. All important things in our lives are ritualized. Sunday dinner, weddings, sports, and anniversaries come to mind. The repetition makes them more important and more intimate. In order to understand Catholic devotion, don't think of it as a machine. Think of it as a mother. Mothers and babies seem to have a mechanical relationship. Baby sucks milk from breast, spits up, mommy cleans it, baby cries, mommy bounces, baby poops, mommy changes the diaper, repeat cycle nonstop for nine months. But that is not all there is. There are the cues. There are the moment, excuse me, that should say there are the cues. There are the moments when the mommy gazes with love on the nursing baby. The nursing baby caresses the hair of the mother. The mother smiles and talks to the baby during the diaper change. It's all very loving and intimate. To an outsider looking in from the outside, it could appear like an endless hell. But ask any old lady and she will tell you that those were great days. And all of us are grateful for the maternal care. None of us think of mom as mechanical. Of course, you won't ever experience this if you don't become Catholic, so you won't ever really understand. I hope that if you're reading this, you'll take a moment and pray to Christ and ask him to give you special gifts of the Holy Spirit. You have to deal with the Catholic question, so you be sure that you pray to Christ at every step of the way. Adiasum Permarium, Taylor Marshall, PhD. Let's do that right now, folks. Dr. Marshall said, Take a moment and pray to Christ and ask him to give you special gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, the gifts of the Holy Ghost are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Please pray along with me right now and let's ask the Lord for these gifts. In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, we worship you, we praise you, we adore you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to suffer for us, 
to die for us, to resurrect for us for the remission of our sins. And we ask for the Holy Ghost to be stirred up in our lives. For those of us who have have received the sacraments of baptism and confirmation, stir up your gifts inside of us. For those who have not received these gifts, may they receive them. May those who are not Christian come to the one true faith, come to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, that they may have the fullness of revealed truth, that they may have the fullness of the Holy Ghost stirred up in their lives. Holy Ghost, we ask you to grant us a deeper measure of wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Holy Ghost, please give us whatever you want to give us. Please help us to know your specific will for our lives and help us to do it to the best of our abilities. We ask this through the intercession of our Lady Seat of Wisdom. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Blessed Mother, please pray for everyone who is listening to the sound of my voice right now, that they may receive a fuller measure of the Holy Ghost in their lives, that they may be awakened to the joy of being Catholic, Catholic that they may be awakened to the truth that can only be contained in the Catholic Church, and that they will have a new zeal for life and a new joy and confidence in the Lord and in your maternal care. Our Lady of Confidence, pray for us. Friends, all things are possible with the Lord. When you have the Blessed Virgin Mary on your side and St. Joseph, the terror of demons, and all the angels and saints, and of course, the Most Holy Trinity, when God is for us, who can be against us? When you have legions and legions of angels and saints with you, how could you possibly be afraid of anything? The only thing we need to fear is that good salutary fear, the fear of the Lord, one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. The only thing we have to be afraid of is sin. We don't want to offend the Lord. You don't have to be afraid of the demons. They're absolutely nothing. They're pipsqueaks compared to God. They're less than nothing. He allows them to tempt us in order to draw greater good from it. We become virtuous when we say no to temptation and we say yes to virtue. We become virtuous every time we say, nope, not going to have a sexual relationship with that person outside of wedlock, that's fornication. Nope, not going to look at evil images on the computer, that's wrong, it's an offense against the sixth commandment. Every time you want to say, ah, I think I'll, I'll stay in, in bed today. Not going to go to mass. But then you say, nope, not going to do that. Going to get up, shower, shave, go to mass on Sundays and holy days of obligation because it's the third commandment. We're commanded to keep holy the Sabbath day. Every time you say no to the temptations that crop up in life, 
and say yes to doing what you know is right, you become more and more virtuous. You develop those good habits. Because every day of our lives, that's why, especially for younger listeners, you're always developing habits each and every day. They're either good or they're bad. And if you acquire virtue younger in life, you develop those good habits when you're a kid, then doing the right thing becomes easier as you grow older. And if you've been saying no to drunkenness, if you've been saying no to drugs, then when you get older, maybe you're away at college or something like that, and when other people you know are getting into binge drinking or doing drugs, you say, well, I've been saying no to this in junior high school and high school. So the peer pressure in college or wherever you are, you say, no, I don't want to offend our Lord. I don't want to offend our lady. I'm not going to abuse my body. Every single day, we're either developing good habits or developing bad habits. So you want to make the right choice. You always want to do what you know in your heart is the right thing to do. That's why it's important to have a well-formed conscience. We live in a society where people haven't formed their consciences properly. Many times, I think, through no fault of their own. They come from a broken home. They haven't seen good example from their parents. They've seen you know, poor examples from older siblings or aunts and uncles, whomever. And of course, television is just a vast wasteland, which is promulgating every sort of evil idea under the sun. And politicians and judges and other people in position of authority are just pushing this immoral agenda over and over and over again. We need good role models and we need to be good role models for others because people are always watching you, always watching to see what you're doing, especially younger people. If you have younger siblings, nieces, nephews, children, you know this. Younger people are always looking to you for an example, whether you like it or not. So be a good role model. Be a faithful disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you do that, he will reward you more than you can possibly imagine in the life to come. Let's conclude, friends, by mentioning helping autism through learning and outreach available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. And please tune in if you haven't already done so and share far and wide episodes 277 and episode 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast featuring interviews with my wonderful niece and equally wonderful sister about RPM. Rapid Prompting Method. One of the interviews is conducted by me, another gentleman from Word on Fire, which is a Catholic evangelization group. So Rapid Prompting Method has literally thrown open the prison doors of silence for so many people who are unable to communicate verbally. Just as sign language broke open the doors of communication for the deaf. So RPM has broken open the doors of communication for non-speakers. You can imagine how frustrated you would be if you were totally unable to communicate 
couldn't tell people what your hopes are, what your dreams are, what your fears are, let alone what you want to have for breakfast or what kind of clothes you like, favorite sports teams, whatever the particular case might be. Before she was eight, my niece Brielle, we didn't even know the poor kid's favorite color. Now we know she's a comprehensive genius. She's skilled at composing music. She has a vast array of talents. Very adept at mathematics. She even knows other languages. Most of this stuff, I don't even know how she knows it. But to her IQ, she's never formally been tested, but her IQ must be off the charts. Would have never known any of that, not a bit of it, were it not for RPM. So please, please get the word out there. Tell all of your family, all of your friends about RPM. Get the website out there, those episodes of Our Ladies Podcast. We want as many people as possible to know about this because how can you utilize a tool if you don't even know about it? Thanks so much for listening and please tune again tune in again tomorrow. Goodbye and God love you. <laughs>